Got my friends Juan David Mendez. No, not Wanda. Not Wanda. <laughs> Elena Sawaya. Mm -hmm. Tech for leaders and and uh, awesome people. Uh, so great to always hang out and talk talk with you guys. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity since we're all together this this week to just you know. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, an it's honor. always a pleasure. Always it feels yeah. like home. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, it's fun to. I uh, have never actually gotten to work with you and, and teach with you and learn from you. And, uh, you know, the last two days have been exceptional. It's been really fun. Same, same. You were, you were, you were talking about your, your day to day. And yeah. so you were, yeah. we're talking about, you know, you have, you have two degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a dietitian. I'm a registered dietitian and also an exercise physiologist. So uh, we were, your, we were just sharing like what our day to day life looks like. And I was just telling Elena that's, my life's basically divided. Like I'm either working as a full-time dietitian two days of the week, trying to help people achieve better health through nutrition and nutrition habits. And the other half of my life, so the other three days of the week is same goal, trying to help people achieve better, better health, but through exercise and movement habits. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much me. And also, Exercise it sounds fest. like you've created the perfect life for your skill sets and your and your passions. It's pretty awesome. Don't know if for my skill set because people have told me, oh, you should have been an astronaut. You should have been like, a, <laughs> whatever. I like what I do. I study what? what I like. Like at first, it seems like I come from a medical family. Like um, my, my father is a doctor uh, and people like in Panama, there are there aren't many options or there weren't many options because you have more options now but back in the day before like mass media and internet and everything it was like you graduate from high school and you have two options well not two options a couple of options you can be a doctor like top of the class usually go to med school you can be a lawyer if that's your thing if you if you're connected uh you can be an architect or you can be a, an engineer if you're good with numbers so my options were, I don't like politics, so lawyer law school wasn't for me. Yeah. Uh, architecture, eh, I like to get my sleep, so <laughs> school's pretty sleep deprivation in, in architecture school. So it was like between engineering and med school. I did all the prerequisites for med school. And when I had to do the the entrance exam for med school in Panama, I was like, I'm not going, this isn't for me. Like mm. you have to study so much, so much content. And the only thing I care about is sports. Like, because I was thinking about being like going in, uh, into, or to be an orthopedic physician, to be able to work with athletes. That was like my, my thought process. But then I was like, I have to go through every single rotation there is. And to be honest, I don't really care about this stuff. Like, so much of it, it it's gonna apply. be like 13 years of, of school, after high school, 13 more years to, to be able to do what I wanna mm. do. And I'm only going to enjoy two, three years maybe. I was like, it's not worth it. So I didn't go to take the exam. It was my birthday. <laughs> it, so you went, through, you finished, you went through all the medical school. No, I did the prep course. Oh, the prep for course. The, okay. For the I entrance, see, for the entrance. Test, gotcha, and gotcha. then uh, the, uh, the test, like 
only uh, like the top personnel of that test mm. gets into med school. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, there's also like private med schools. Uh, everyone enters. Uh, you don't have to pay, but like like the best med I mean, school. You decided to go a different path selected. before you before you. Yeah, took I the did. Test. The, I did the process, and the day I I had to go take the test, I decided not to. Mm -hmm. So that was like okay, now I'm back where I started. What am I going to do? So I started an engineer path. I was like, I'm good with numbers. They make sense in my head. Um, so that I did one year of, of different engineers. I kept swapping from one engineering to another one. I switched majors seven times before I finally graduated from nutrition school and exercise physiology school. Mm. Like those were my sixth and seventh uh majors wow. that i went from very decisive uh, <laughs> yeah i was like i don't like this switch i don't like this switch <laughs> i don't like this and i kept going back and forth back and forth but uh along the line i was getting a pretty clear idea of what i enjoy doing every yeah. day um it's like i still want to work with athletes i think one i still want to work with movement i love to exercise hmm. I I like the idea of being healthy. I like the idea of helping people become healthier. So I still wanted to go somewhere around around that line. So I found this program uh, called sports medicine. But I was like, yeah, but I don't want to be an MD. But I said, no, it's not. Uh, it's not med school. It's not medical school. It's specific to sports. Mm -hmm. So I and that was in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let's. Let's see what I need to do to be able to go to the United States and I think that sports medicine now it's changed. Now it's called athletic training. So some people might just know it as a athletic training school. Uh, so that's what I started doing. I, I was working towards an athletic training uh, school in the United States mm -hmm. course. And when I finally got to the United States and started the athletic training course, first semester, general class you have to take nutrition 101 i opened the book i've never thought about nutrition i mean i knew calories matter somehow along the line of losing and gaining weight i knew vegetables were important i knew fruit had vitamins i knew what foods were carbs what foods were protein sources mm -hmm. that stuff um, i was at a healthy weight but Basics. nothing nothing specific i knew the generals of someone that works out um I opened that book because I had to, and I fell in love. It was like love at first sight. It's like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to learn more about food, more about nutrition. Why? Uh, Why did you fall in love with it? It was, it was the basic, basic aspect of how food is about how food is the components of food, how food is made up like the macronutrients and then the micronutrients and how that once inside your body like the whole mechanism like the different cycles the digestive cycle and the different energy cycles and i fell in love with the whole mechanics of of nutrition mm. um You're, we were talking about di diabetes and right somebody diabetic yes. Uh, yes. could you repeat what you said well, i guys... was i was i was asking juan david uh what predominantly what he uh, worked with in terms of his dietetics and he was saying he works at the hospital and mostly with um, 
I mean, it sounded like the majority of your clientele were uh, bariatric, diabetic, uh, recovering from disease. And so I was curious, you know, what that looks like and, and what mm -hmm. patterns you've seen in the in the nutrition plans that you've prescribed for your clients to improve their health. Yeah, I'm a clinical dietitian, but I also specialize in weight management and mm -hmm. weight control. So the bulk of my of my patients or clients is people with metabolic diseases, be it uh, secondary to obesity, so bariatric population, and all the comorbidities, uh, hypertension, uh, cardiac uh, diseases. Hyperlipidemia. Uh, yes, cholesterol levels off the charts, people with uh, endocrine problems, mm -hmm. uh, renal problems. So the clinical setting of nutrition where you have to be within specific guidelines in the diet you prescribe, mm -hmm. and then those like those are your those are the rules of the game. And following those rules necessary for that specific clinical condition, you can play around to help the 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 specific individual within their preferences. Uh, to help them achieve better health. Well, and I think that was kind of a, that's kind of the point I wanted you to dig into deeper is understanding that you have these generalized me um, mechanisms that work across populations, and yet you really have to be aware of, and it sounds like you the have a specific process of finding out you know, what each person's non-negotiables are so that you can meet them there and make sure that they're starting a diet that they're going to follow through on, right? Because the only True. thing that works is the thing that you do. And then from there, figuring out, like, how do I how do I nuance this and personalize this for each person, even though there might be a generalized theme or set of right. things, set of guidelines that you follow? Right. It's Think of it as football. Well, when I say football, I mean soccer. For me, that's football. <laughs> no yeah. offense to, no. to American football. <laughs> Still watch the Super Bowl. Uh, think of it as, as football. You have the rules. You have two goals. And what's the end goal? You score a goal in the, the opponent's mm -hmm. uh, goal, mm -hmm. goal thingy. Uh, what's the other rule? You can only use parts of your body that are not your hands. So those are the rules. You have 11 players, play. That's it, those are the rules. I wanna score a goal, I can use my feet, I can use my chest, I can use my head, I can use my shoulders. I cannot hit the opponent, I can only uh, hit the ball. And I have 11 players available to me. So those are the set rules. What's the end goal? Yes. It's picking up the, when you oh, hit the that, table. That, that, that's Sorry. Okay. I'm very yeah, yeah. Uh, expressive <laughs> with my hands. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's the same thing. What's the end goal? I have I have this patient who's, uh, I don't know, let's pick diabetes because it's probably like the most common thing right now. So what's the end goal? We need to bring blood sugar down, okay? What are the players? Meals per day. I don't know, how many times do you eat per day? Five, okay, so five meals per day. That, those are the players I have. Those are my variables. Mm -hmm. Five times per day, mm -hmm. that person is getting food in, in his mouth. Or maybe three or whatever. Let's pick three, four to, be, to have something specific. Uh, what other variables do I have? Okay, uh, what, what are other rules? Well, besides that, in nutrition is how many times you eat and what you eat when you eat. That's basically it. Like the timing. And you have the end timing. goal. So, yeah. okay. So those are the set rules. Those are the rules of the game with this patient. And we get that in the in initial interview. You interview the patient and he tells you about his life, what's his daily life, 
looking like. I was like, okay, so this this is you, basically. Everything we go through in the interview, this is you, and you are the result of doing these things every day of your life. So these are your habits. You're used to this. And the result of doing this is that you're, di you're diabetic. You develop diabetes if it's secondary to obesity or, or poor nutrition. So right. that's yeah. the result. Ex excluding type type one diabetics. Yeah, ex yeah. right. Excluding type one, which you're born with it, uh, it's, a, it's a lack of, of organ function. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the rules of the game. Okay, awesome. What are the non-negotiables? So maybe that person tells me that every Sunday or every morning, he likes to watch football. And every time he watches football, he drinks five beers. And that is non-negotiable because that's quality of life for him. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not good for his physical health, but it's good for his emotional health mm -hmm. because that's for him, that's a big pleasure. So that is non-negotiable. Fridays, I always go to dinner with my wife. So that is also non-negotiable. And we usually order a bottle of wine and she has two, two drinks and I have three. So three glasses of wine on Friday, five beers on Sunday. Okay, those are two big non-negotiables. So those are setting up more restrictions, putting more rules into the game. So I need to abide myself by those new rules. So the game's getting more and more specific. Mm -hmm. Now, once we've narrowed it down to the point where there are no any additional restrictions in the, in the recipe, that's where I can be creative. Mm because once that is covered, the person is happy because that's his, those are it's, his it's rules. It's sustainable. Yes, so as long as I follow his rules, mm -hmm. he's willing to abide by my rules. Mm -hmm. And that is one aspect. I was just telling um, Alaina before we started that that is actually reason number two for drop-off during medical nutrition therapy process. Number one reason is the patient complains about being hungry. Mm. Right. So you were talking about how hunger is uh, essentially can essentially can uh, facilitate or trigger that same cascade of, of stress hormones yes. because that pushes you into fear reactivity. Yes. Hunger is your body telling you that it's not happy. That, and if you keep going that way, it adapts to hunger. It's the same thing with exercise. Mm. It's a stressor, but that stressor gets triggered from a lack or it's not always a lack, but from a perceived lack of energy mm. or, for, or from a perceived drop of energy available. Mm -hmm. Because that's also important to understand. And this happens a lot to obese diabetics. Hunger not only triggers when energy levels are low, you would think that in an obese uh, patient, energy levels are never low. You say, you have unlimited energy stored in your body. How come you can't use it? Mm. Or uncontrolled diabetes where blood sugar is always high. Say, why don't so you just use all that energy? energy? What happens is that every time that blood sugar is high, we produce insulin to bring it down. And if you're a diabetic and your insulin is not working fine, then we supplement either insulin or medications so that, so that you get to the same sensitivity that a, a normal person goes. But what happens is that blood sugar is high, so insulin enters the bloodstream, blood sugar starts to go down, and that delta that's going down that change. triggers hunger. Hunger is 
not dependent the on body, sugars to going to baseline. Because the baseline for that person is so high. The baseline is the same because the body will function actually better at baseline that at that high level, yeah. but the body recognizes the drop. Oh, I see. And when the body so recognizes the drop, alarms start yeah. to go off. And it's yeah. like, whoa, energy is going down or, or available energy is going down. You might wanna be getting something to eat. So people are always hungry. Having blood sugar high not only affects your pancreatic function and makes you more and more resistant to insulin because you keep producing insulin because mm. it's high, but you keep getting hungry because it keeps dropping from the insulin response. So it's, right. it's, it's two cycles that are fighting against each other. And obviously the external uh, process is stronger than the internal because you mm. can always out eat your metabolism. Otherwise you wouldn't get obesity problems. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting to, to understand that hunger doesn't mean that you lack energy. It means no. that blood sugar just went down yeah. and that's it. It doesn't mean it's down to baseline. It could be, but it it's that's usually not the case. It's usually just, it went down. Mm -hmm. So that's Cause, when cause the insulin whole- essentially is the key when you have blood sugar, when you have uh, your body creates you know, available energy, mm -hmm. blood sugar. Then when the, when you, ha when you, your, your pancreas releases insulin, that is the key. Essentially, without insulin, you can't unlock the muscle fiber or the cell to uptake that muscle or that uh, blood sugar and, and turn it into glycogen. Yes, insulin right? opens the muscle to absorb the available energy. So, so you, as you become insulin resistant, there's no more keys. So you could have skyrocketed blood sugar levels, all this available energy, no way of but there's no up. key to open up. Right. The, the muscles can't actually take it in and, and use it. The door's locked. Right and building and storing body fat is a different process. So that's non-insulin dependent. So you can still accumulate body fat with poor insulin uh, function mm. and poor pancreatic function because it goes through a different energy, uh, a different metabolic system. Mm. So what happens is that you have all this energy available, but you're not burning it because you're not moving enough to account for all that energy available. And the body has to do something with all that energy. It's harmful it to, to keep it in the it. bloodstream. Yeah. So it starts to store it. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're actually bringing it down. Mm -hmm. From one endpoint, it's insulin trying to pull it down, but you have insulin resistant. So that's not a very efficient mechanism. On the other hand, when insulin starts to pull it down, it wants to throw it into muscle tissue, like you said. So like, well, like if, you, if you do like intermittent fasting, right? Like it kind of like balances your, yes. your blood sugar. Uh, intermittent out. fasting is tricky because uh, you have to get used to it mm -hmm. because the first, the the first response right. would be, well, their uh, levels are going down, right. hunger, hunger, hunger. So there's an adaptation window and you do it in a progression. It's not like, okay, I eat four times a day and tomorrow I'm starting a 16, eight protocol for right. you. No, you're going to, you're going to have, you're going to be cranky. You're, you're going to be, fighting yeah. that's going to be horrible. Yeah. You know, cause I had a lot of inflammation when I was training for mm -hmm. team leader. And so I was like, man, I, I, I was just trying everything. Right. And one of the things that really helped me was the intermittent fasting. Helps a lot with but inflammation. I was, right. I was so committed on, on, on the test that, you know, I was, I was like, I my mean, mind overrode the thing. Mm -hmm. But once I got through whatever it was like two weeks, I think it was two weeks or maybe three weeks. I'm not sure. You removed the main stressor, which was the test. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The, 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 my body being hungry, adapting to, adapting. The, to the new mm -hmm. feeding window. 
Okay. I just I, you I also got, got used. To I it. got used to it. The body gets used to everything. It adapts to everything. We're and the most indis- adaptable indiscriminately, species. Indiscriminately, yeah. Yes. And so I got used to bad. it, and now like now I now I now I've just maintained. Mm-hmm. Right. The body adapts to everything, but and I can I can do without eating. That was stronger to to the hunger response. Right. So right. you were able to overcome it. Yeah, not everyone has that motivation to overcome the the hunger cues. You know, something I think is interesting, and this might be um, a, a little bit tangential, but it it seems like across you know across fields, oftentimes the uh, the poison becomes the cure in a, in a temporary sense for survival, but not for thrival for mm-hmm. thriving. Right? Like you over consume and elevate your blood sugars and. You know, with chronic elevated blood sugars, you end up with insulin resistance and then you become diabetic eventually. And the cure for that from a first responder standpoint is we give people glucose. And that just blows my mind sometimes. I'm like, this person is is dying. Their system is malfunctioning because they are overloaded they have so much sugar with and, sugar. Yeah. And yet in order to save their life, I have to give them glucose. Right. And it's kind of they're the addicted same. to it. And it but they're it's like, it's, a, like it, a drug. In drug my mind, it almost relates to movement in the thing that, you know, we we adapt indiscriminately, like you just said. And Scott talks about that. Like we are humans are the most efficient adapt ad, adaptive species. And so we adapt indiscriminately. That means to the good and the bad, right? If you become chair shaped and you don't compensate for that, the more you sit, the stronger you get at sitting, the more that posture is held in your body. And now you go to move in the ways that would help unlock that, but if you're all tight and, and, and bound up, hurts, and you're, but you go back into the sitting position, it's like okay. So you go back to the, sitting, the pain stopped. even though that, that's the toxin, right? Like yeah. that's the thing that is slowly pain killing stops. you and slowly taking away your mobility, which is going to accelerate the aging mm-hmm. process. You need to move. You need to move underneath pain and in small micro doses, and yet like. That's the thing people go back to is like, yeah. oh, but it feels better to sit. That's why it's a vicious cycle. I, I did intermittent. So I would, I would, because Scott in his, his, his little primal eating gift or whatever, his, you know, he mm-hmm. talks about tea. So I would drink teas mm-hmm. and that helped me. And then I would do little movement. I would do little, little flows, little movements. And that would suppress, that would stop the, there are that fight or flight, the hunger response. For mm-hmm. appetite uh, control, mm-hmm. uh, non drug related. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. Movement. Uh, so, th- and that's actually the number one reason for people dropping off a medical nutrition therapy. Like number mm-hmm. two was they, they are, they are not happy with the plan because they experience decreased quality of life because they feel restricted. Mm-hmm. So you're not abiding by their rules. Mm-hmm. You're trying to impose your rules mm-hmm. and they don't like to play your game. So that's number two. Number one is actually hunger. Uh, so my whole uh, nutrition career, I've specialized in hunger pattern and appetite and I usually like, it's usually once a year when I'm part of like the, the International uh, Obesity and Metabolic Nutrition Seminar in Panama. Uh, usually my my topic that I, that I teach, that I expose, is usually around hunger patterns and appetite and, and tools. It's like in TACFIT, uh, it's, it's usually about breathing and recovery and nervous system and neural adaptation mm-hmm. to stress. Mm-hmm. With food, for me, it's it's about hunger pattern and appetite, and it's the same thing. So what does it's, that look like? It's It works the same way. The thing is, there are universals, and this is where we were talking, where we were talking with, when we started uh, the podcast. It's like, there are universals as far as hunger patterns, and this apply to everyone. Those are universals in the way we're set up to nourish ourselves and how we respond when 
when we lack one of those elements. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the specifics, the, the things that work for you, but doesn't work for me and vice versa. In the universal categories is we are set up in a way like, like animals that we, we have photoreceptors and we identify uh, the, the light from the sun. So our hunger is, our hunger patterns are dependent on how much intensity and how much exposure we are getting from the sun. Mm-hmm. And for example, when the sun starts to get low, our body is primed to ask us for energy. Mm-hmm. If you talk to people and, and you, you ask around, most of the people, by most I mean 99.9% of the people, that have cravings will have sweet cravings in the afternoon. Very, very, very few people have salty cravings in the afternoon. They have sweet cravings. Mm. However, that same person doesn't have sweet cravings in the morning, Mm. has salty cravings in the morning. Man, I'm gonna call you when you go back to Panama (laughs) and we're gonna talk for a while, if that's okay with you, about all this, this, all this thing, because I have a lot of questions and my mind's going. Yeah, and uh, because it's it's, it's all intertwined, right? It's all the same. People think it's, I eat, I don't eat. No, it's, oh, there's so much mud in there. Because you cut down, it was like, like, you know, when we did the the, the level two, attack with level Mm -hmm. two, you know, it was like, cut down the weight to get, it was just crazy, it was like a fight, you know? Pounds, yeah, strong, angry, yeah, you know, strong, and you know, it's leading me. I was you know? ripped. I was like, I've never been this late in my life. I'm gonna crush this. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, but uh, just going back to the like the tag for like we did the you guys did the flow fit cert the last two days mm-hmm. when we started the tag for today, and I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on on you know we talked briefly about it you know but uh, just about talk about like flow and then just your experience of teaching it. This, this weekend, you know, after, you know, doing it, being a, being a practitioner, right. Mm. Um, um, for so many years. Well, yeah, uh, for me, um, it's, it's the first time actually teaching flow fed, uh, like in a cert, uh, but for me, it's where it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like everything else, all the other systems, tag fed, club balls, CST, like if they don't come down to this, to the, to flow fed, to, mm-hmm intuitive flow they are like you're removing the base like they they lack sustenance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because this is where health relies in movement uh on finding restrictions so assessment and having tools to assess yourself and your clients on having tools to remove those restrictions not only directly but also by allowing your brain to remove those itself passively without you having to actively repeat something you just open an, a new road. It's like, I want to get from here to here, but I have a wall. I have two options. Well, I have very a lot of options. You always have more options. I can demolish the wall. I can jump over the wall <laughs> if, if if I'm springy enough. I can go around the wall if there's a side. I can open a, a little door. I can, I can open, a, I can like dig a, a, like I have so many yeah. options. Most people just try to punch through the wall, punch their way through the wall. And that's where you find injury. You're mm-hmm. just breaking yourself to get to where you want to be. And that's obviously not the, not the smartest decision. So with FlowFed, we are teaching our brain that there are other baths it can take that do, do not entail additional damage to the structure, but actually facilitates the process. And if, for example, let's say I start uh, walking to go around the wall, mm-hmm. 
And I finally, and I have to keep going, depending on how restricted the person is and how disconnected, uh, Scott refers to this uh, as uh, sensory motor amnesia. Mm -hmm. Uh, depending on how dormant that pathway is, you might have to go a long way around that that pathway so to find the, the end of that wall, to finally be able to get uh, where you wanna be. And that might take a lot of time. But when you finally find it, it's like, wow, this is so refreshing. And from there, you're gonna start working on shipping the wall a little bit at a time till you're back to the straight line, which is the shorter distance and the ideal distance, and the way we were meant to be as far as neuromuscular pathway goes. That's that's like my I, metaphor. I, I love when you know we yeah. you shot the, the instructional, you just talk about like, you know, it's like with the fountain of youth or tack fit, it's the fountain of youth. And just basically like you said that, right? Like you lose mobility, that's how you age. And, and so you basically, aging process. And so you basically yeah. stop the and, process and, and you know, I think of aging. You see that in, um, I mean, I see that being on the first responder side of the world now and seeing you know people at their worst, it's, it's sad to see you know there are people that are that have eroded into like diseases that i would consider uh, diseases of accelerated aging and it's it starts with losing mobility you know they lost the ability to move get up and down off the ground they're they're not independent anymore they don't feel like they can take care of themselves and very quickly um you know we have we have uh it sounds strange but even in 911 you know the response team you have we have people that we see regularly in the community because they don't have any other medical care options, so they call 911 a lot. And I have seen a couple of times already uh, a, a patient who went from pretty healthy and normal to passing away within a year hmm. because they lost mobility. They couldn't move anymore. And it just, you know, it's a cascade of things. It's like anything, right? You don't die from the loss of mobility, but it leads to other things. Yeah. And so it uh, feels like for me, FlowFit is, you know, the ability to restore mob mobility and, and essentially what you're doing is remapping the brain, right? Scott talks about the fact that if you can't move in a certain direction, it's because your body, Forgot your brain yeah, has erased amnesia. that. And it's erased Sensory that map, amnesia. right? Like your brain erases that map as a defense mechanism because you don't, it doesn't want you to go into a restricted place where you might injure yourself. So it's it's there to serve you, but it's it's serving you For in survival. terms of survival, not in, serve, in terms of longevity. Right. And so um, to restore mobility, you're remapping the brain, you're growing the brain, which is, of course, you know, that's almost like the antidote to aging as well. So you've got two tools, uh, two, two sides of the coin that are accelerating your anti-aging process. It feels like you're getting younger when you get better at moving. And that's and you do so younger. awesome, yeah. yeah. Like if pain starts to go away, yeah. mobility starts to come back, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's never too late, right? It's never, never. too late. You know, Mike, my dad, right, he's, you know, has been after he had COVID like three times and you know, whatever, oh, he was just right. in a senior home, but you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing that, yeah. you know, like first then he's in wheelchair and then can't even get out of bed and now yeah. he's in bed and he's getting like stiffer and stiffer and mm -hmm. stiffer. And it's hard to even move him now and sit yeah. him up. Yeah, so it's like firsthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's life, right? I know but he was doing really good. Yeah, you he, know, I saw he was. a picture of you holding his hands and him standing up, and there was some progress there for a while. Yeah, you know, I just he's on a lot of like medication, and yeah. I just I don't know, it's just like too much, too many chemicals. You know, it's mm. a lot of lot of stuff All the going side on. Side effects, and I think right, so. You yeah, know, I think so. I think it stops effects. the communication in the body and mm -hmm. just also, get disconnected. Yeah, one of the way medication works is that. You, you give medication or when the body's unable to fulfill the task itself. Mm -hmm. So when the medication is present, even through the healing process, if the body sees that the task at hand is already been taken care of by medication, the body just never forgets it. The, yeah, yeah uh -huh. forgets it, it too. Yeah. You, you don't so, use yeah. it, you lose it. Right? That's why, like, sometimes I, th I think 
in in terms of that, like you said that today for TACFIT, right? Like uh, movement is, or I think Rob said, movement is medication, right? Like you you can't overdose it and you can't underdose it. It has to be yes. the most effective minimum dose. And it, I think it's the same thing with taking yeah. care of people. It's, you know, supplements are great, but supplements aren't great if they're taking the place of the body's natural process right. because then you forget how to do the thing. Yeah. You become dependent. Yeah, yeah. you become dependent. Following, following up with that, the question, like, so what was your, your experience, um, you know, teaching and mm -hmm. doing, being in that? Well, it's a, it, it was challenging, For very sure. challenging. Uh, the hybrid is a whole new world. Right, the hybrid and, and, you know, <laughs> situation. <laughs> you know, part of that, and part of that was, um, you know, by choice, I have um, to protect my energy and have healthy boundaries in my life. I, I don't spend a lot of time online. You know, social media is not a priority. Um, you know, I only have so many hours. I'm at the firehouse 80 hours a week, 70, mm -hmm. 70 some hours a week. And then, you know, my family is my most important thing. And so it's like, I wish I could be there for all the meetings and all the online and all the updating and all that, you know, you, you're taking care of so many technical aspects of running the certification. And uh, by design, I've kind of pulled back from being uh, available in that uh, kind of global capacity online. And so because of that, I feel very inefficient at getting online. And, you know, the whole world is online now. Everybody's yeah. doing Zoom meetings. And, it was interesting. And that, that was a challenge. Yeah, saying, but, you know, you, you're more focused on the, because it's like, yeah, you know, in like that room, like, do I, do I talk to the, like to the computer the or do I talk to the people? And, and, my and it was like, it was like, you're, you're more talking to the, like the computer, like the computer, the, yeah. the people online, and you're more focused on the people. Yeah, and, it's just and my us. nature, you yeah. know, like the people in the room take priority to me. It's, it's, you know, it's like being anywhere. Like if I'm somewhere and I get a phone call, but I'm talking to somebody, I'm not going to answer my phone mm -hmm. i'm going to talk to the person in front of me yeah. and be respectful and and i think that was hard for me to switch my brain that like you know but it is there is an online presence and people it's wonderful that people can be involved there's people from across the world sitting in on a certification that couldn't otherwise be here because either they You're can't like timmy travel. from malaysia right yeah, it's crazy like in the morning and he's doing flow fit it's yeah. awesome so i appreciate that there is that that access point for people now and and we can reach yeah, a, a yeah. greater population but man like we had that first hard. online cert and you know i watched the sun go down in barcelona yeah, i would say yeah. this and it's, and saw the sun come was, up at the same time cool. it's in in new zealand some people oh, house no all at the same time you know because yeah. i one one person's is getting on darker in some of the sections getting brighter in That's other crazy. places yeah. yeah it's just a new, different mm -hmm. different reality in a way yeah it is but it was but i think it was super fun i learned a lot i mean it's funny, I was telling uh, one of the participants that even though I'm not doing the certification as a participant, right, or even TACFIT, it still feels like every time I come and participate in something like this and share and, uh, you know, do, try to do it better every time, it's it's almost like the team leader test all over again. It's like, man, there's so many ups and downs of how I feel inside and uh, I feel like I, I really nailed that and that that came out just the way I wanted it to and this one you know man I could have done that better and now I know and but you can't dwell on it and so it's just a roller coaster of feeling like it is it is a huge uh, process for even for the instructors to really deliver that Bo well. Both you guys are awesome I'm like I'm such a I'm, I'm a fan you know both you guys like it was amazing you know and then you know just we're talking talk to you right now but uh the you know just you stayed afterwards and you were working with taylor and yeah. with chris and like yeah. you know for like hours right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know but just like immersed into yeah. like helping people oh yeah and so one.b2 like you know i spent 
you know, making sure after the after the cert, mm -hmm. right? Like as well, like you know, it's just yeah. it's so amazing. Well, and I think that's why the online piece is is hard for me because like I, that personal connection. It's, it's one new, on one right? It's and, new, yeah. And it's hard to connect like that through the screen. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully people who are online get an experience that is positive and that will motivate them to come be here in person. It's a part of the like community. A, it's a learning more. experience for, for Like, you know, I was telling you guys, Alphonse, right, from Saudi out. Arabia, he's been, you know, following yeah. the system and he never had the opportunity to come in and do, like, right. you know, do a cert. And he was able to do it during the pandemic. It's so rad. We, we just said it at the beginning. We're the most adaptable species. It's fantastic, <laughs> yeah. We're adapting to a hybrid world when you have people yeah. online, If you resist live, what's happening in the yeah. world around you, is you're, you stop progress. Yeah, right. So just no, it was, adapt, keep it was super fun though. I had a blast. This is a learning experience like for all of us. Yeah. And next time we'll do it better, hopefully, yeah. and next time even better. And, and I think and it was a good balance. Better. Yeah, I mean, I felt like there was a good balance of like, we have different approaches to things, um, different personality types. Mm -hmm. You know, you're very, very cerebral and educated and-, and I'm a nerd. You know, you're, <laughs> but you're a researcher, right? And so um, I learned a lot working with you and, and seeing how you do your thing. And that was super cool. And then- you know, I just do my best. Give give what yeah. give what's real for you know. Yeah. My experience with FlowFit is that um, it just unlocks your human potential. So that's, that's what I try that's, to teach. That's what I, I shared with about. I, I shared with Juan David last night, like years ago. Like uh, you went to Atlanta, and you uh, took a picture of the Steve Barnes that when he wrote some of the Star Wars books, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, of that part where he gave a shout out to yes, Scott Simon, yes. like how the Force. <laughs> it unlocks your human potential, yeah. unlocks the force, yeah. and it's like the Jedi training. This yeah. is the true Jedi, my, Jedi this training. This is the closest to, to Jedi, Jedi training. training that, yeah, yeah. And it is true. And so he's like, oh, I, <laughs> and the blue is my, oh, yeah. God. I'm one with the force, the force with me. I'm one with the force, the force with me. Totally. It's, it is true. I appreciate, like I appreciate you guys, you know, you guys are busy and, 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 and you know, just like it makes me kind of grounds me too because i'm i'm just so crazy about this is you know it's done it's changed my life and i just see it changing so many others lives as well and for you guys to take the time to come and to teach and to share you know it's just like you know it's amazing you know and 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 so grateful and um like why 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 do you believe in it so much you know we mm. spoke, spoke last night you know a little bit you know about it you know why do you believe in in TACFIT and 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 the system so much uh for me it it all goes down to why i started practicing TACFIT. uh it's part of my daily routine it's i was at a point in life and uh and i've talked about this when i did the previous podcast right, here right. um i was at a point in time uh while i was in my internship uh for clinical nutrition and I love to work out, and, but I was in a cycle of working out, getting injured, healing, working out, getting injured, healing. So the, it was the same cycle repeating itself over and over again. So that was one aspect of, of my life. The other aspect was that being a researcher in exercise physiology, instead of a personal trainer, for example, like I had a, a lot of knowledge, uh, and no way to apply it, like no way to actually use it. Yeah, I can teach exercises, I can program workout routines, but that wasn't good enough for me. And what was the proof? The vicious cycle of training, getting injured eventually, having to take some time off working out. So I wasn't satisfied with my options available, basically in the industry. And I was looking for options. And one, I just came across 
dwelling between the calisthenics uh so world like spy spy music spy music yeah, that's that's the, the, spy the music <laughs> the beanie hat the weird eye looking <laughs> to the side uh guns in the back like the train and like everything was was weird about it but it was fun <laughs> and but this what guy he was saying right <laughs> starts talking about exercise and stress management within the exercise itself and recovery from high intensity um, and all this stuff. And I was like, this sounds interesting. Like I've never heard this before. I'm gonna give it a shot. And the more and more I dwell into it every day, I started experiencing things. And the more I'm and more I read about it and learned from it, I was like, this is the bridge between everything I have in my head mm. and the people. Mm. Like I finally found a way where I can apply everything I know, not in the conventional way it's been applied in the in the exercise physiology world. And this might upset a lot of people, uh, but actually on an effective way for performance, yes, because in the exercise world, Number one goal is performance. Mm. No matter what they tell you, the goal is not health. The goal is performance and, and, and physique. And performance always comes at the detriment detriment of your long term health. It shouldn't, but it does. But it does. Yes. Right. Like you perform, you you train for performance. You're training right. to perform a specific event. And then you have event. to take time off. You always are like going to always. need to recover from that. An athlete right. always has to take time off mm. after competition. Mm -hmm. Then what are we doing here? And the athletes that compete professionally mm -hmm. end up shortening their athletic career and right. their longevity of right. quality of health. I remember yeah. we, had, we had their team leader test and, and mm -hmm. I said, oh, it was like magic, right? Like, like I trained, like put my, my foot on the pedal, full yeah. red line. And I felt like the best I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. For that brief period of time, because we I mean, but you should, but yeah, but you, I should be beat, maybe be down or you yeah. know but weathered. But the difference is, it doesn't train you for performance; it trains you for longevity. Right. Right. So uh, you can push on the gas. Right. You can you can floor it and, and it still feel good way, and perform, but right. you're not training with right. those same mistakes. And that that was being my experience with the system. Yeah. More and more, I was able to to push on the gas to to be stronger, faster, more efficient. But every time I felt better. Yeah. And two months into the program, I was like, I've never felt this good in my life. And to me, that, that outside is that noise yeah, on that side. That's okay. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm touching the floor again, no, again. The, the table again. And to me, that was a wow factor. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wow, this is this is really something. This is the thing for me, it was the bridge from my knowledge to mm. the people. Yeah. But also the roadmap for health, performance, and longevity, everything together. Mm. So I've never looked back. That was what. Uh, 20, 20, 2009, so 12 years ago. That's it. All I've done since then is stack fit. I'm in the best shape of my life. And you're saying how he's, he was so far ahead of his time, right? Back then and even still today. Like the way I see the fitness industry, everything in the fitness industry, from health-oriented practices like Pilates to mobility-oriented practices uh, like yoga, like prasada yoga, no, not all yoga types, to physique-oriented like bodybuilding, to performance level like high-intensity interval training, like all the training systems available uh, right now, more and more every time they are approaching one 
common thing, which is health and longevity with performance included, and that fits already there. Like and every time, been. and you see, you see, like 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 CrossFit, for example, mm -hmm. they've been evolving a lot. They've changed mm -hmm. it. It's it has changed so much mm -hmm. from where it started, where you got a lot of injuries, like these superhumans, but a lot of injuries. More and more, they're learning. They keep ad adapting. More and more, you see less injuries, better better results as far as health, and they're adapting in a way that if you draw a line to where TACFIT is, it's it's moving in that direction, and that applies to every single system there is, and that amazes me. TACFIT is already there, and it's been there for 25 years. Yeah. It's like it's so far ahead, and it will still take like a hundred years for all the systems to get there, mm. and. That blows my mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like as a researcher and a, and a health practitioner, that blows my mind. So it, it saved my entire career. I was like, I, I, I don't have to do anything anymore, but apply what's yeah. already given to me. It's, it's amazing. Mm. Like I've, that's it. It saved my life. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> literally. How about you, Elena? I think tack of it more than anything else, you know, in hindsight, now I can say it, it aligns with, you know, things I believe in. First of all, do no harm, and and TACFIT is that it does it does no harm if you if you apply it correctly and if you follow the principles. Um, it does the most good for the most people, and there's outliers, and there's you know you have your generalization, and then you can specify certain things to certain performance goals, but it does the most good for the most people. Um, I think it you know it takes care of the whole person. It really, it integrates the whole human structure and all the different body systems. It, he takes into account all of those things. And, you know, it, that's all woven into the principles. And so even, you know, without a PhD, people can go through the system and uncover the layers mm -hmm. and and dive deeply into the philosophy. And, and you know, it's a journey. It's, it, it's, it's not cyclical. It's almost like a like a spiral or a helix. You know, it's like you you start and then you learn something and then you kind of come back around full circle to where you started, but you're you're higher, you, uh -huh. you've leveled up. And, but then you start over again, you learn some more and then you level up and then you start over again, you learn some more. And that process, I think just, you heal the brain so you heal the body and it, it takes care of the, it, it integrates and takes into account like the whole human condition. Like we were talking about last night, it's like you talk about like fitness system, the fitness industry, but it's like, it's a way of life, right? Yeah, It's a it way is. of life and it's a lifelong like pursuit. pursuit. Mm -hmm. It just never ends. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you guys for being up here and, and sharing and, and taking a difference. Thanks for having us, hosting us, inviting us in. It's been a good. pleasure, always says. And everything you guys do. Well, I think I think one of the biggest things that you make space for is like like um, I think everybody feels it is there's grace here. You know, there's there's grace to learn as we go. You know, like it, perfection is not the goal. It's like let's just do our best and get better every time and learn from what we're doing. And you know, how do you how do you recover from the things that didn't turn out the way you hoped? And I think you really uh, here at Legacy, you know, and and with TACFIT headquarters here, like you create and facilitate that, and it's it's very helpful and very healthy. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, with the system, like you can't, you can't go wrong, right? You can't go wrong if yeah, the system, if as long apply as you, it, you apply it. Yeah. Yeah. 
so you can so you close your eyes and you know throw the right. dart like but people it, people who don't want to know all the nuances like they yeah. just come you and do the workouts to, and it's right. great like we, and like not we had class this morning right yeah. it's already digested for but it's you. like this morning you know like you were saying oh i'm rambling but it's like you know the people who are in the room just to work out they're getting the best workout mm-hmm. and they're getting a, a full holistic workout that's that's applying all the things yeah. and they just it's, don't know why they feel so good it's already digested for two it's you're still going to receive the full benefit right. of all the nutrients but then if you want to know the why like there's it's the, so, it's, you can learn it's all the why there for yeah. you it's and for, awesome. for me as i was recovering i wanted to know the why i right. had to know the why and you I, know i traveled all over to if i don't know the why i don't, I, I don't trust it but i was exactly. i wasn't able to comprehend things and i started i just yeah. i just i don't know why i couldn't stop learning yeah like i had to know why yeah. and that's that's the, part of it right that's, that's what that's happened part of scott it. he needed to know the why of everything he was going through yeah and that all, all started with this lifelong career of finding the why and I think scientifically, he's trying to disprove things, right? He's not trying to prove himself right. Well, that's he's what trying science, to go through it and, and dis- science that's what I mean. Thing, that's what I mean. You can't really prove something. You can You're only just, disprove things. You can only disprove. Okay, it doesn't work this way. That's yeah. it. All the best top guys, right? They, they, like, we think, but we don't know for yeah, sure, right? Yeah, They're yeah, humble enough to say that. Yeah. Is disprove yeah. things. That's it. Everything else is theory. It's it's an idea. It's yeah. it's a yeah. concept that still has validation, but. You can only disprove things. That's but, it. Yeah, and everything in TACFIT has a re- has a purpose. It has mm-hmm. a why behind it. And even if you don't know it, you can trust that it's there. And if the coaches are doing their jobs right, like they're doing things for a reason. Even the littlest things, right? Like the compensation from the move. Yeah, yeah. It has a why. Well, thank you guys for your your knowledge. I learned so much the last these last two well two and a half days now, right? And it's been amazing spending time with you guys. Always, yeah. always. And um, look forward to going back downstairs and, yeah. and continuing. And, and uh, yeah, and cool. the DACFIT start going on right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We're growing. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Pleasure, like always.